48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. Tonight's headlines. Three more members of a speech therapist union are held over sheep-themed books. Prosecutors say are seditious. An expert cast doubt on the idea of banning unvaccinated people from some public places. And there'll be reduced exam stress, but little chance to play video games for young people on the mainland. Three more members of a speech therapist union have been charged and remanded over children's books featuring talking sheep that prosecutors say are seditious. The three were rearrested and charged today after being granted bail in July. Francis Sitt reports. Sidney Ng, Samuel Chan and Feng Zi Ho from the General Union of Hong Kong Speech Therapists appear at West Kowloon Court to face charges of conspiracy to print, publish, distribute, display or reproduce seditious publications. The union's chairwoman Lai Man Ling and vice-chairwoman Melody Young were charged with the same offences earlier. Prosecutors alleged that the books were printed to bring hatred, contempt or disaffection against the government and the administration of justice, to incite people to commit violence and to counsel disobedience of the law. They said they intended to transfer the case to the district court. Magistrate Peter Law said he took into account the national security law in denying bail to the five. The case was adjourned to September the 24th. Respiratory medicine expert Leung Chi Chu has warned that barring unvaccinated people from public venues could lead to a backlash and create new health risks. Wang Yinting reports. Dr Leung's comments came after Civil Service Secretary Patrick Nip, who is in charge of the COVID-19 vaccination programme, said over the weekend that he would not rule out such restrictions. But speaking on an RTHK programme, Dr Leung said it would be understandable if the ban is imposed on entertainment venues but not for places that people have to go every day. He also pointed to an eat-in ban last year aimed at reining in an outbreak, but eventually led to people buying takeaways and having their lunch outdoors. Entertainment venues are optional, unlike daily necessary services, so such a ban wouldn't affect people too much and would be more reasonable. But if it involves necessary daily services, it becomes a mandatory measure. People may feel upset about it. Like last year, when people still had to go to work, they had to have lunch. But when eating in was banned, people had to squat in the street to eat. It wasn't a good phenomenon either. The expert also said while most elderly people and chronically ill patients are fit for the jabs, such a ban may give them unnecessary stress and in turn affect their health. Mainland authorities have banned written exams for six- and seven-year-olds as part of sweeping education reforms to try to relieve the pressure faced by pupils. Here's Priscilla Ng. Critics of the exam-focused system say frequent exams cause pupils to be overburdened and put them under huge pressure. And now, according to a circular issued by the Ministry of Education, no exams should be arranged for primary one and two pupils. Exams for school children in other grades will be limited to once a term, with midterm and mock exams allowed in junior high school. And schools will be asked to reasonably control the difficulty of exams. In the past, the system required students to take exams from first grade onwards, culminating in the university entrance exam known as the Gaokao. And Beijing has also moved to severely limit the time people under the age of 18 can spend playing video games. Wang Yinting reports. 
Under rules implemented two years ago, teenagers and children on the mainland had been able to play games for only three hours a day on weekends and an hour and a half every day through the week. Now it's game over on school nights, and young people will only be able to fire up their consoles or laptops for one hour between eight and nine o'clock from Friday to Sunday. They can play at the same time on holidays. What's more, they will have to register with their official ID card to avoid lying about their age. In a statement, the National Press and Publication Administration said the rules were needed because gaming addiction affected youngsters' study and normal life, and was making parents miserable. And the weather: mainly cloudy with occasional showers, heavy at times, and thunderstorms tomorrow. The uh, temperatures will range between 25 and 29 degrees. Moderate easterly winds, occasionally fresh. There are going to be more showers and thunderstorms on Wednesday, but those showers will ease off in the afternoon. Hot with sunny periods in the next couple of days. Temperature now 28 degrees, humidity 85%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is 5 minutes past 11. A union group has expressed concern over reports that beverage maker Vitasoy is asking, asking staff to declare any links they and their relatives have with various organisations. Violet Wong has more. Vitasoy has reportedly asked its workers to sign an agreement to allow the company to collect their personal information as well as that of their family members, including any membership of associations or affiliation with different organisations. According to the reports, the manufacturer also stated that it might not be able to pay workers if they decline to submit this information, and that such data would be handed over to law enforcement departments if required. In response, Confederation of Trade Unions Chief Executive Meng Siu Tat said it is rare for companies to require information that is irrelevant to a person's job. It's not just collecting the staff members' information, but also their families. It makes people question if the practice has violated the privacy ordinance, because it would be collecting excessive data. The unionist said the reported move could be linked to an incident in July involving a Vitasoy worker who killed himself after stabbing a policeman. In response to an RTH case inquiry, Vitasoy, for its part, maintained that the move was part of an update to a new digital system. The company said it is seeking staff members' authorization to migrate general personal information, including their CV and professional membership, as well as their contact information of their relatives for emergency and group medical insurance. It added all related documents have been reviewed and revised by external legal counsel to ensure compliance. Eastern Court has imposed a $10,000 fine on former district councillor Cheng Lai King after she pleaded guilty to breaching a ban on public gatherings. Jimmy Choi reports. In August last year, Chen Lai King, the then chairwoman of Central and Western District Council, held a meeting with 10 others outside Sun Yasen Memorial Park Sports Centre. It was over the government's move to turn the site into a COVID testing centre. Despite police warnings, Ms Chen and several other district councillors spoke to the media afterwards. The councillors were subsequently given fines for breaching a ban on gatherings of more than two people, which was in place at the time. Four of them who refused to pay the fine later pleaded guilty in court, and Chen did the same just before her trial was about to start. Her lawyer told the court that the meeting was held to address residents' concerns about the testing centre, and Ms Chan had reminded those taking part to keep the distance from each other.
In sentencing, Magistrate Pioni Wong said the fine was appropriate, considering that Ms. Chen was remorseful, that she hadn't acted for her own benefit, and that everyone at the meeting had been wearing masks. Hong Kong has reported three imported COVID cases. A 24-year-old man who arrived from Egypt carried the more infectious L452R strain. The other two are a 27-year-old man and a three-year-old boy who flew in from Turkey. The Environment Secretary Wong Kam Singh has urged people to get ready for new waste disposal charges by recycling more and throwing away less food. The government has said people will have to start paying for special rubbish bags in 18 months. Speaking on RTHK's Backchat programme, Mr Wong said the amount of waste every person produces here is very high. The government admits that there are room for improving the recycling provision in Hong Kong. In the past few years, it was substantially affected by the global and regional changes in the recycling industry. So now the government is going to step up our intervention in the local recycling industry. For instance, from food waste, waste paper, recyclable plastics, glass bottles, e-waste, etc. So we are working more at expanding the local recycling network. So right. I think it's good timing for all of us. While waiting for the waste charging, we should make the best use of the EPD's new and expanded recycling network right. now. Researchers at the Chinese University say the pandemic has led to an increase in the number of school children developing short-sightedness, with many spending too much time in front of a screen and not enough doing outdoor activities. Sometimes I feel quite uncomfortable. When I stare at the screen for a long time, my eyes get watery. Sometimes I can't open my eyes because I feel so tired and I want to rest. I don't know what to do. Eight-year-old Nicole's short-sightedness progressed from 400 degrees to 525 in just seven months. Her parents say her screen time increased drastically during the pandemic, including four hours of online lessons each day. Researchers say Nicole's worsening eyesight is an extreme case, but many other Hong Kong children have also been suffering. The team followed more than 700 children aged between 6 and 8 this year and found that almost 30% developed myopia, almost triple the pre-pandemic rate. They found that the children spent an average of almost seven hours each day on tablets, smartphones, or watching television, compared to two and a half hours before the COVID crisis began. The time they spent outdoors dropped to less than half an hour from one and a half hours before the pandemic. An associate professor of the university's Department of Ophthalmology and Visual Sciences, Jason Yam, says a change in lifestyles is taking a toll on children's eyesight resulting in a myopia boom. Because of the pandemic, family tends to go outdoor less. And because of home confinement, uh, children or family tends to spend more time on the near work and also on the screen. The researchers recommend that school children spend at least two hours outdoors each day to reduce the risk of myopia progression. They are also urging schools to include more outdoor activities in the curriculum to better protect children's eyesight and say children should take a break after 30 minutes of reading. Overseas, the United Nations nuclear watchdog says North Korea appears to have restarted a nuclear reactor that's widely believed to produce plutonium for nuclear weapons. The International Atomic Energy Agency says there are indications that the Yongbyon reactor has been discharging cooling water. From Seoul, here's the BBC's Laura Becker. 
This was at the heart of negotiations between Kim Jong-un, the North Korean leader, and the then US President Donald Trump. It's one of the reasons why it's closely watched. It is the heart of North Korea's kind of nuclear operations. We're kind of all watching the timing because in July, also the North Koreans restarted communication lines with the South only to cut them off later. So it does seem that something has changed considering for the best part of this year, North Korea has kept pretty quiet. It has been looking inside its own borders, trying to deal with a deepening economic crisis and food shortages. The UN's High Commissioner for Refugees, Filippo Grandi, has warned that the ending of evacuations from Afghanistan marks the start of a much larger crisis. He's called for neighbouring borders to stay open and for more countries to take humanitarian responsibility for Afghans who fled. Evacuations from Kabul airport have now ended. More details are emerging about civilian casualties of a US drone strike on Sunday near the airport. The Pentagon had said that they had thwarted an Islamic State bomb attack. Here's the BBC's Dan Johnson. Relatives told the BBC 10 family members died, including six children, when a missile hit a car being parked at their home. They said they had no connection to IS and that intelligence was wrong. They said some of those who died had previously worked with international forces and companies, had got visas and were about to head to the airport. The US military said the drone strike stopped an attack and it was investigating reports of civilian casualties. It claimed there were powerful secondary explosions because of explosive material inside the car. A large-scale study of the effect of switching salt in food for a low-sodium substitute has indicated it significantly reduces the risk of strokes, heart attacks and deaths. Here's the BBC's Simon Dedman. 21,000 Chinese villagers with a history of strokes or high blood pressure took part in the study. Half received a salt substitute, which had some sodium chloride extracted and replaced with potassium chloride, which can help lower blood pressure. After five years, 3,000 participants had suffered a stroke, but for those on the salt substitute, the proportion was 14% lower and there were 12% fewer premature deaths. In sport, Hong Kong Boccia players have been keeping their medal hopes alive in the Tokyo Paralympics. Vivian Lau and Ling Wing have both advanced to the quarterfinals in the BC4 category. Wang Quan Hang was eliminated. Yung Hu Lam is also through to the last eight in the BC2 competition. Football and Tottenham are now leading the way in the English Premier League. Sun Hyung Min got the goal in a 1-0 win over Watford to maintain Spurs' perfect start to the season. We should enjoy this this moment, go to international break and then come back with the strong energy and with positive energy. That's what we need. So I think we start really well uh, for the for the three games. And but it's not all. So we have a long season to go. We have to prepare well for the for the coming this season. A reminder of our top stories tonight. Three more members of a speech therapist union are held over sheep-themed books. Prosecutors say are seditious. An expert cast out on the idea of banning unvaccinated people from sub-public places and there'll be reduced exam stress for young people on the mainland. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 
Long. 